Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Amen. This evening, tonight, uh, what I want to share with you is our theme for uh, the year of 2022. A uh, little, little behind in, in talking about this, but our theme for 2022 is what I want to talk to you about this evening. Uh, me and my wife was kind of joking before church tonight, uh, thinking about, of course, the Super Bowl taking place tonight. And I was saying, isn't it bingo? I said, isn't that like a cat or a tiger or something like that? And she said, yeah. And said, the ram. She says, yeah. She says, someone's preaching about it tonight. I said, probably. Probably talking about how Moses went over and saw the ram caught in the thicket by the horns on the top of Mount Moriah or something along those lines. Amen. But nonetheless, uh, that's not my purpose here tonight. Amen. That is not my purpose here tonight. Amen. Pardon me? Yeah, going to talk about eagles. Amen. I shared this thing with a group of our leaders on a Sunday uh, last year in October. I shared this with them uh, about what our theme would be to try to direct all of our attention and our efforts in this same direction. However, uh, tonight I'd like to share it with you. Of course, for the past couple of years, most of you probably know what our theme has been for the past couple of years. And since we've been with it for two years, it's kind of gotten embedded in our minds in our hearts and our souls and that was the thing connect and uh, we had several things of course planned uh, for 2020 around the theme and the concept of connect that never came to fruition has still yet not to this day came to fruition uh, because of things that have happened in our world and our society that is not hidden to you that you're well aware of we were supposed to have another uh, night of worth with a focus being on addiction uh, that was supposed to take place with Brother Frederick coming and uh, Sister Stephanie Hughes come from Ohio and uh, we plan on still getting that accomplished and we were supposed to start our Be Free From Addiction uh, program here at the church. All of that was along those lines of this connect and uh, because of the, the, the things of our world we were unable to go forward with them but we still have uh, plans uh, for establishing those things again and having them on the calendar of course again due to the government health mandates we have been in a process of uh, as it would seem connect disconnect connect disconnect uh, over the past several years and sicknesses whenever it's rise we've you know brought things to a halt so on and so forth and so I deemed in 2021 to keep that 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 theme of connect alive and that theme going into the year of 2021 because I knew we weren't uh, much out of the shadows of what had happened in the previous year with everything that, that took place and went on. And I knew that it was probably going to take some time as a church, as a congregation, for us to connect after 2020 to come back to church, to this setting, uh, back in the house of worship, and you're not sitting on your couch or in your kitchen and looking at maybe a screen that size, some of y'all, uh, for service, and be able to come back in here and to be able to connect with one another. 
when you've been estranged from everybody, not by your choosing, but by the choosing of higher, the powers that be. And I knew it was going to, you know, sometimes you can uh, be away from someone, come back and just pick back up where you left off. It's just like we've always known each other, blah, blah, blah. But I know even with relatives that I have that I've not seen for a long, long time, it takes just a little bit to warm back up to find that groove, that connection, that similarity. And so I knew we were going to, some of us was going to be facing some of that when we came back to the church house. And so I wanted to keep that theme of connect. I also knew that it was going to be difficult for some of us to connect back with the Spirit. To connect back with the Spirit of the Lord and in songs of worship and through the preaching, to connect back with the Word. Uh, being actually here through preaching. And so we kept kept that. And in all of that, last year we began our connect groups, right? Uh, in the summer months, we began our connect groups. And I believe to a certain degree that the connect groups help us bring that connection back together with one another, with the word to a certain respect. And uh, I can say here tonight, and I took a poll, you know, after we had our first three months and I didn't receive anything but more or less, but a landslide of positive feedback from the people that were involved in those groups. And so we have kept connect groups in an ebb and a flow. Uh, of course, we've had them during these winter months as well. And it's been about, we've been doing this now for about three quarters of a year, three months on, three months off, three, three months back on. And and I, I, I uh, perceive that, you know, after three months of Bible study again, we'll probably do three months of connect again in, in the summer months. Amen. And continue with that. However, though, last year I mentioned toward the end of one of our services. It was one of our services uh, in October that I can remember quite plainly. Uh, we was coming to an end of service and there were some services in, in 2021 in October and November months before the onslaught of sickness. It seemed to come with another wave that there was some momentum that was happening in the services, uh, particularly on Sunday nights. Uh, and I say that particularly on Sunday nights because just from my chair and point of view, sometimes uh, through the years, Sunday nights in most Pentecostal apostolic churches is the service to be at. I mean, it's the service that, you know, people are thinking, man, it's going to just be sore and so on and so forth. Yet my experience over the past several years, and this is no disregard to anybody or, or on anybody here necessarily, but sometimes Sunday nights has been the service that's like, man, you just got to kind of push through and put forth that effort and people are tired and they're wore out. And I don't know, you know, they ate too much turkey during for lunch or something and the chemical reaction is taking place. But in October and November, I remember that there were some services. We had some people that got the Holy Ghost in Sunday night services that just went in a total different direction uh, than just what was typically planned. And I remember feeling in the spirit after one of those services in October, I stood up and said something to this effect that I felt an undercurrent of God's presence in operation. The thing about when there is an undercurrent, even if you ever stood out into the ocean and, you know, there's water coming in and out. But whenever you feel that undercurrent that steals the sand out from underneath your feet, you can't necessarily see it, but you feel it. That there was an undercurrent that was taking place in one of those services. There was a shift, a positive shift or a positive change that was taking place in our services and more importantly, in our own mindsets, right? 
in our own mindsets and how we approached service and how we came. And so undoubtedly that night, I remember I contributed all that as we should. Contribute it to the Lord, amen, his power, his might, his spirit, but also to the people of interacting with what they recognize when it's there. Amen. Interacting with what we recognize whenever it's there. Because it is the outworking, not of just God's spirit, but of God people connecting, if we could use that old thing, connecting with the spirit of the Lord and connecting with one another. There is a synergy and a surge when everybody connects with that same thing that we feel in the service. It's great not for just one to go and say, you know what, something was good and there's someone else saying, what are they talking about? It's great when everybody leaves and undeniably, it's like the spirit of the Lord was there and everybody connects with what's going on as a matter of fact whenever I begin to think about that it made me think about a few years ago whenever we did a prince uh, a princess within conference over in Hawaii and we was over there and there were several food trucks not far from where we were staying and they had vendors and we went to these food trucks and such and I uh, was going to get some food there and we were on the island of Oahu which is known for their northern shores the pipeline of the waves that come in that surfers just love and adore and we were talking to these vendors and they said you know what and we were just having small talk and conversation they said it's very hard it's very hard to keep help they said whenever the environment and the season is right for the North Shore pipeline of the waters coming in for surfing said because almost anybody we employ surf to some degree and so whenever the season and the environment is just right on the North Shore for pipeline surfing, says we start losing employees because they're all out there because they know there is a window of time in order to catch the big wave and, 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 and do it for many days in a row and ride whatever's there and whatever's popular. And it brought me back to a saying that I often tell pastors because as a pastor, used to and it was evangelizing, they would ask you, How's your, well, how are you doing? How's your schedule going? Which was a question I hated. But nonetheless, now as pastors, they ask you, they say, well, how the church is going? Which is another question I just ultimately hate. It's just one of those things. All right, maybe someone else likes it. I just never liked it. And so my typical response whenever I get that, that question is this I tell them I said well I'm kind of like a surfer that rides the wave whenever it's there and whenever it's not I stand on the shore just looking for the next wave amen amen and so there is, as I said, in the latter portion of the year, there has been a spirit of expectancy before uh, the sickness and everything that came up. Here's the thing, though, folks. We're going to be able to just go on in spite of, uh, of sickness. We're, we're, listen, I think we can get to a place in the church that just because there's a bunch of sickness that comes that we don't have to find our bootstraps all the time and try to pull back up and get our second win. I think we can somehow get an even keel and ride the wave even whenever it's... You understand what I'm saying? Because there's no reason to be constantly, well, you know, it's sickness, so we got to be down and discouraged and overwhelmed and, oh, let's take three months to get back. No, 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 no. I believe that we can ride it, amen, whenever things are not well and whenever things are well because it doesn't depend on circumstances. It doesn't depend upon situations. 
It all relies upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He's never failed me, never forsaken me, never turned his back upon me. And so I believe we can have a spirit of expectation nonetheless. Even Brother Malone in the leading of services here recently has acknowledged to this congregation on more than one than one time uh, that, he, that he has felt or recognized the moving of the Spirit of the Lord in this place in a special way. And I commend him for doing that because what that does is heighten the reality maybe to somebody else that doesn't recognize it. And so they're like, maybe I need to tune in a little bit here. Maybe I need to make a little mid-course correction here because that man says something's happening right now and I want to be aware and acknowledge what's taking place and be a part of it. So he's been obedient to the moving of the Spirit of the Lord, and that's great. Let me tell you, and just as a side note, there's not one time I hang my head whenever he's following the lead of the Spirit and leading the service. I'm not like, oh, Lord, but I have this great sermon here I really wanted to deliver. No, 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 no. We always have a plan around here. We always have a plan. I tell you probably a few hours, several hours before what I'm going to be preaching, we can tell you what we're going to be singing. Amen. We always have a plan. But whenever God comes in and people begin to connect with the Spirit of the Lord, whatever the Lord wants, that's primary. Whatever God wants, that takes preeminence. That takes dominance. This thing can wait till next week or if I never preach it, that's all right. He gave this just as much as he gives his Spirit and power. In the moment, in this place. Amen. So yes, we'll plan and yes, we'll prepare, but ultimately we'll follow the leading of the Lord, the leading of God's spirit. And so there are positive movements forward. I think we could even say, amen, during that time I could think of in particular, but there's positive movements forward, amen, both in our next generation kids and also in our now generation, amen, that's taken place. And throughout last year, if you were to look at things, there was a period of time in particular that we had several guests, new guests that had never been been here before some of them repeated for quite some time even some of them just made you know the the concept and the idea and the plea that this is going to be their new home or if they were going to go to church amen anytime they would show up at a church that this would be the church that they would show up at and so it wasn't until the morning of October the 24th as a matter of fact that afternoon I was supposed to share a theme it wasn't till that morning service on the 24th during worship that I felt like God deposited a word in my spirit or a theme in my spirit for this year 2022 and as you can see with the banner and what's behind me that word is sore sore just as and my and my son was saying tonight dad the theme is sore he was thinking (laughs) s-o-r-e there's some days when I'm talking about sore Just as that surfer rides the wave, I believe it is time for the first apostolic church to harness this current of air that we feel, Brother Malone, that blows at sundry times that we could catch it in our wings and soar. Now, I want to explain to you tonight, and again, I, I'm not probably not going to, I told him tonight in, in leadership prayer, I said, I, I don't expect to hold you long, and everybody kind of laughed, and he hauled and hit the brother and said, yeah, all right, and blah, blah, all that. That's okay. That's okay. I can be wrong. I mean, you can be wrong once. Soaring is different from simply flying. We got to get this right tonight. Soaring is different from simply flying. Flying requires a lot of energy. 
Flying requires a lot of effort. It is the thrust of the flapping of the wings in a bird that allows it to fly. It is the, the engines, many engines, I should say, of jet airplanes and the horsepower that's contained in them that helps and aids in airplanes flying. But true soaring happens when there is an upward movement and a rising with no apparent flapping of the wings. Flight happens due to a power source within the object. But one who soars uses a power source outside of itself. When you soar, you might say it like this, you're flying with minimum effort. You just have your wings out and you're harnessing the winds and the currents and the thermal currents that is already raise, raising you up. Soaring suggests exhilaration, even a joy in the moment. It comes from two Latin words, one meaning out and the other meaning breeze or air. Put together, it means out of the air, which is how it really feels to soar, just out of the air. Again, though, let's make a distinction. Soaring is not flying nor is soaring gliding. You ever seen people that go up to one of these big tall mountains that they're going to they're gonna do gliding. They're going to get in one of those gliders. They're going to shove off off the top of the mountain and they're riding the air. Listen to me though. They're riding the air for the most part. Sooner or later, they're going to hit the ground because it is a descent. It is a going down. When you're gliding, it is a path that is a downward type of path. Yeah, you'll hit a little burst every once in a while, but ultimately your feet is going to touch the ground at a lower elevation when you are gliding. But soaring is not a down movement. Soaring is not a decline. Soaring is not going to a lower elevation. Soaring is an upward movement. Soaring is going from the elevation you're at to a higher elevation through the air. Soaring happens when that eagle spreads its wings and it catches that hot thermal air and it rises up a little further, amen, and a little higher because it caught a power source outside of it. What are you saying, Brother McGee? I'm saying this. There are times there is a current of air that blows in this place that I believe if we would respond with just stretching out our wings, we might just catch something that would propel us a little further up. There might be an out-of-the-air moment because we're being propelled by a power that's not our own. That's something we didn't work up. We didn't devise. We didn't... Hallelujah. Someone say amen. Scientists say, scientists say that soaring can only occur at special places and special times. And so I'm here tonight as the pastor of this church for the year 2022 and telling you, I believe we're at that special place and that we're at that special time as a church and we have been afforded something here recently that equals that upward rising movement of air that we must not miss we must soar as leading into this weekend and I sat down and began reviewing 
what I penned almost four months ago for the leadership in the back. I was reminded of the phrase, Sister Sheila, that I brought up once again in our connect group just this past Wednesday. The phrase that I feel like the Lord spoke to me, but I don't believe it's just for me. I believe it's for this assembly. But God spoke to me on January the 6th. I looked, I looked it back up on my phone because I put it in there the moment God said it. On January the 6th, it was our first power hour of the year. It was our first power hour of the year. As I was praying, there was a spirit of prayer here that night. I remember it. There was a spirit of prayer here. Amen. You could feel the presence of God. It felt just like tangible. Amen. To the hand. And as I was praying, I felt God speak these words in that first power hour of the month. God said, step aside and watch me perform for you. And whenever I think of that in conjunction with sore, he said, step aside. McGee, you can't do this. McGee, you can't accomplish this. McGee, this isn't an effort of your own. But if you'll step aside, you'll feel something to start to furl your feathers. You'll feel, oh God. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You'll feel something that is not of your own. I believe it is a good day definition, if you will, an explanation for the idea and the concept of soaring. Amen. Because in soaring, again, the power source doesn't come from us. In soaring, we simply stretch out our wings and we respond to the wind that is blowing. We stretch out our wings and capture the wind and the currents that are blowing. I don't have to flap my wings. No, no, no. We just step aside and watch the wind perform for us. It brought my mind as I was thinking about it that this is what the church has always done. And I'm not talking about First Apostolic Church. I'm just talking about the church. This is what the church has always done. Was it not, according to your memory, the same as mine, that on the day of Pentecost, 120 believers... We're gathered in the upper room and they are carrying and they are waiting for the promise of the Father. No doubt, seven days, perhaps, maybe ten, according to how you want to look at the timeline of prayer, weariness perhaps have set in on 120 believers there waiting, if I may say, on the wind. Waiting and their form of waiting being in the form of a prayer meeting. But as they're praying, they're stretching their wings. As they're praying, they're lifting up the left one. And they're lifting up the right one. And they are waiting on the wind. They couldn't produce the Spirit. They could not produce speaking in other tongues. They couldn't of their own efforts or own desire do that. It wasn't a power within themselves. But they could place themselves and their dependence on a hope that God said, that Christ said before he left, would come. And the Bible records what? And suddenly there was a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. There was that current of air, if you will, and it filled all the house where they were were sitting. They weren't on the rooftop. They were just sitting in their seat. Doesn't seem like much, but they had their wings out. And when the sound from heaven came, it filled the house where they were sitting. And they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. What's that sound like? It sounds like a group of people when the church was born stepped aside and watched God perform for them. It sounds like there were some people that saw in the spirit and the 
rest of the Acts of the Apostles through the book of Acts is a testament to them having harnessed the wind. Blind eyes being opened. Deaf ears being unstopped. The lame walking. The lame walking. You hear me? The world in many regards being evangelized with the gospel. 500 being added to the church. And as the list goes on, it just starts saying multitudes were added to the church that day. Why? Because a people started in Jerusalem, not doing it on their own, but just harnessing what blew in that day. And they rode that thing all throughout the book of Acts. And there's no final amen, as you see in many, many other books of the Bible. Many other books end with amen as meaning so be it or it's finished. But there's no amen on the book of Acts. Why? Because it's not finished. It's not over. It still needs to be soaring in our churches, in our hour, in our generation. Amen. I'm doing good. Not surprising then. Most eagles typically move through the air by soaring. With that in mind, I submit to you our text, our scripture in which our theme is centered around. This is how the new international version of the Bible, it says, even youths grow tired. That's true. And weary. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Listen, listen, and this is, this, is not, this is not Pat Brother McGee on the back or pity party for Brother McGee, but just listen. Over the past, over the past couple of years, I'm telling you this, just how I felt. You can't, you can't fight with how I feel. It may not have been how it was, but I'm just telling you how I felt. There have, over the past year, there have, a couple of years, there have been several services where I felt like I was holding the pieces of people's lives together. Just with everything of the world, I felt like I was literally holding the pieces of people's lives together. Sometimes just their practical lives and sometimes more than not, their spiritual lives. I felt like I was just holding the pieces of people's lives together. And you heard me uh, say the quote more than once during those times of how it's hard to ask people to pick up the pace whenever they're trying to pick up the pieces kind of hard to ask you let's let's just go and storm you know the gates of hell when you felt like the gates of hell have stormed you and left you half dead and and mutilated if you will and there's been so much disappointment in two years and so much struggle in two years and so much heartache in two years that I felt like as a pastor that I could almost not even ask amen for anybody to make any type of forward movement because they just had too many pieces that they were contending with and I was just lucky 
lucky if they had enough energy to simply exist on the pew. I felt like I, 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 I was just lucky to see them even show up and even maybe give half of their attention to what was being said, you know, during the service. Hallelujah. But whereas I felt I couldn't ask for your effort, amen, the enemy took advantage of our weariness as a result of that. He took advantage of a situation, amen, of our weariness and our struggle and our heartache, and he, he magnified it and made it more than what it was, or, or he tried to amplify it to us in some way. And that is, listen, folks, that is always going to be the strategy of the enemy. If he finds a weariness, if he finds a trouble, if he finds something in your life, guess what? The enemy is going to exploit it. It's what he's going to do. He's going to exploit it. Let me tell you, that is his strategy leading into the last days. To take the weariness of God's people and the weariness of the church and just exploit it. He preys upon our weaknesses and he preys upon our exhaustion. I'm just pulling back the curtain on the adversary for a moment. The Bible says, speaking concerning the last days of Daniel 7, Brother Zach, in verse 25, it says he, the he is speaking of the Antichrist, which the Bible says whose spirit is already in the world today. It tells us in New Testament scripture. But the Antichrist is driven by the power of Satan, and he shall speak great words against the Most High. And what does it say, Brother Trout? And shall wear out the saints. Wear out the saints of the, I tell you what, Brother McGee, I just never felt so tired in my life. Just always tired, just always fatigued, just feel like I never, guess what? Welcome to the last days. And the enemy just wants to exploit your exhaustion. And he wants to exploit your fatigue. And he wants to exploit your weariness. It's always been the mode of adversaries to do this. Whenever the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they were walking through the Canaan, one of the first enemies that come to greet them, if you want to call it that, was a group of people called by the name of the Amalekites. And the Amalekites came to attack Israel. But when they come to attack Israel, they didn't, they didn't attack their friends line they didn't attack the first tribe that they came to the bible says here israel i want you to remember what amalekite did to you because they didn't attack you right up front they went to the hindmost part of your army where all of those that are feeble are at it went to the hindmost part of the army where all those that are faint and weary at they wouldn't attack you head on they were going to attack the ones that were tired they were going to attack the ones that are weary it's always the ploy of the adversary to attack Attack you in your weakness. Amen. You read the story in Judges, Judges 4. You read the story of Jael and Sisera. Sisera had just done mighty things in battle. But he finds that the, the tent of Jael, the woman, she invites him in. She gives him food to eat and stuff to drink. Allows him a place to lay down. Makes him comfortable. And the Bible says he fell asleep and he was weary. Key word, he was weary. And what does Jael go do? She finds that, that tent peg and a hammer and as he's sleeping due to his weariness she sneaks in there and lays that tent peg on his temple and with the hammer shabam and he, she nails his head to the ground what was she doing taking advantage of somebody that was sleeping during a moment of weariness 
always going to prey upon you during those times. Just one more example. Ahithophel, amen, was a man that gave counsel to King David, amen, and particularly King Absalom. Whenever Absalom overtook his father's throne, amen, and was trying to act like king, Ahithophel gave Absalom a plan. He said, Absalom, if you want to overtake your father, if you want to take advantage of him, you'd like to kill him or come against his army, then here's what you need to do. You need to wait until they've done a lot of traveling one day and when they're all weary when they're all weary and weak handed you need to gather together as many people you can and go find them and strike them why not when they're strong not when they're on cloud ten and a half but you attack them when they're weary so I'm telling you, here is the limelight right now for 2022. There's going to be other days in 2022. You're going to be weary. You're going to be fatigued. Struggles are going to happen. Worry's going to come. Exhaustion's going to come. And the enemy's going to try to snoop around and exploit you in those moments. He's going to try to come around and make you, if you will, tuck your tail and fold your feathers But I come to tell the first apostolic church on this night of February that God is not calling us to a perpetual state of tiredness. God is not calling us to a perpetual state of weariness. We are not the first apostolic church of the down and the out. We are not the city that is forsaken. We are not the desolate land. We are the city of God's delight. We are the bride of God. God's not asking us to exert ourselves beyond our ability. He's not even asking us to deny our struggles, but he is challenging us in hope of him that we'd spread our wings and harness the air and soar. Amen. Okay. Perhaps Carl Sandburg captured it best considering the difficulties of our lives when he said this. He said, There is an eagle in me that wants to soar, and there is a hippopotamus in me that wants to wallow in the mud. And I'm telling us as the church tonight, the choice is up to us whether we're going to be the eagle or the hippopotamus. Listen, I did a little leading up to this week, and I did a little thinking. Uh, animals that typically wallow in mud do it for mainly two reasons. Number one, to protect themselves from sunburn. Or number two, to relieve themselves from biting insects. They wallow in the mud. What that does is add another layer to them. A protection when it dries. Someone hear me right now? They're trying to add another layer of protection to avoid these potential threats of sunburn and biting insects. Hear me tonight. Our answer 
is not in how sheltered we can get with ourselves or how thick of a shell we can build around ourselves. The success of the first apostolic church will not be there. I'm not interested in if you know how to add another level of defense and protection to your individual life. I'm asking in 2022, can you peel off a layer? Can you peel back a layer? Can you lighten the load for the purpose of... So Some of us wallowed in the mud so long we got layers and layers of dry mud on us that we thought was going to protect us, keep us and save us. But all that's done is keep our feet on the ground. When the wind blows, somebody needs to pull off a layer. Somebody needs to shed a layer so that you'll be light enough to soar. Oh, can we worship the Lord right now? Just give me just a little bit more time. Maybe it'll be the 45. I don't know. God's Spirit's here. I feel the wind. Most birds of, 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 of many varieties, most birds flee from a storm. They flee from a storm. In essence, they basically, to certain degrees, hide from a storm. But not eagles. Eagles have been seen soaring almost motionlessly in near hurricane force winds. The eagle flies not away from the storm, but he flies into the storm and uses the wind that's created from the storm to rise just a little bit. Just a little bit higher. Can I tell you, we've been approaching it wrong. The storm comes, we buckle down, we tie everything down because we don't want to get hurt. We don't want to get injured. But perhaps, rather than running away from it, we need to run into it. And take advantage of the wind. Because if you thought you were soaring before, wait and see how you soar in the middle of your storm. Wait and see how you soar. 
मतलब होशाही हवा है यस There are some religions not not apostolic but there are some religions according to Patricia Holbrook that they believe that even high soaring eagles are believed to soar high enough to touch the face of God this is their mindset man i tell you what wouldn't it be great just to soar we talk about where heaven and earth connect wouldn't it be great to soar and have a little bit of heaven a little bit of earth touching heaven Hallelujah, to bridge the gap, if you will, from our world to his world as it would be. Is there anybody tonight that wants to soar? Wouldn't you like to use the wind from your storm you're facing just to soar higher? But listen, and replenish your vitality? This doesn't make sense, but this is the upside down kingdom of God. We're like storms. That sucks all the energy out of me. I go through bad stuff. Shoo, I'm stressed out, tired. Want to lay in bed and just ignore the world. But he says, they that hope in the Lord will renew their strength and they will soar. Why? Because when you're soaring, you're not using your energy. You're using the energy of the wind. And if the wind's there as a result of the storm, that means even in the middle of your storm, you could be gaining more energy than you would have if you stayed grounded. Because when you hope in the Lord, he'll renew and replenish your energy even as you are soaring. So not only does God want you to soar to higher heights, but as you're getting there, he's wanting to replenish and restore some things back to you. Vitality. Maybe some enthusiasm. Ah. You can stay on the ground and fight your battles if you want to. I'm taking it to the sky. This old boy wasn't raised with chickens. He's been raised with eagles. I'm going to take it to the sky. Our musicians may come. I'm closing her down. Isaiah 40 and verse 29. This is the verse before these right here. And I'm reading from the King James Version. It's the verse before these. The Bible says, speaking of God, that he giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might he increaseth strength God gives power God increases the strength you look further up in this chapter and you know what the Bible says here's how you can have hope and confidence in God because where he's the one that gives power and he's the one that increases strength further up in this chapter it says and God faints not And God isn't weary. So you don't have to worry about the power. His power failing you. Because he does not faint. You don't have to worry about his ability to increase your strength failing you. Because our God, hallelujah, is not, nor will he ever be, weary. 
you, you depend on humanity, you don't have that same confidence. I remember this in particular, we were, this is another prison conference, but we were in Florida at a prison conference. We had all kinds of stuff to take in. We had a, like a little dolly cart stacked from there up to our heads. And, you know, we needed a wide load sign on that thing. Brother Josh in a little triangle, slow moving vehicle. We were pushing it up a hill. It was heavy. Brother Chester, he's on it. We're walking along beside me. He's going, brother. You could tell he's getting tired. He said, Brother McGee, you mind doing this for a bit? Sure, I get on it. But I'm not like God. I faint. I grow weary. I could only push it too, so far up the hill that I had to ask somebody else, hey, would you do it? But with God, there's not another one you have to turn to once you turn to Him. Because He does not faint. And He is not weary. God will bring a renewal as we hope it on him. And when you say enough is enough, and when you've hollered over the past couple of years that you can't take it anymore, whenever the past few years have depleted you and your current circumstances have caused your legs to feel weak, then what that tells me then is this. We must soar. Because we are at an intersection, I believe in my spirit, of a special time and a special place in the spirit we must soar because some don't have the energy to fly they don't have the energy to flap wings so we must soar we must soar because there's people sitting under the sound of my voice they got strengths that need to be renewed strengths that need to be replenished and so we got to harness that upward rising movement of air. And we got to give ourselves totally, freely to it. Young people, we got to mount up. We got to rise up. We got to soar. So I challenge us tonight as a congregation as we close this service and be a great time to pray and come forward. I challenge us tonight as a church for 2022 and I implore you to soar and just step aside and watch God perform for you. I challenge you to step aside and use the wind from your storm to raise just a few more thousand feet in elevation. Use that current of air. I feel it blowing right now. I feel that blowing right now. I feel that wind of His Spirit. I feel that upward movement. If someone would just unfurl their feathers right now in a spiritual sense and harness, harness that wind of God's Spirit in your wings and let it lift you off the ground. Let it lift you above what's down here. Let it lift you above your problem. Let it lift you above your fatigue. Let it lift you above your weariness. Let soar. Mount up, child of God. Mount up, child of God. Rise up, young people. Rise up. Soar. Thank you for listening. 
If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.